You are listening to the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering the Iowa Hawkeyes for the Locked On Sports Network, hosted by Andrew Wade, editor at DearOldGold.com. We are finally back with another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Sorry for the last couple days. Did not intend to come down with a pretty nasty cold. If you heard me on our Friday morning show, you could tell that I basically couldn't really talk and it was hard to understand me already. And I think it's it's pretty hard to understand me in general. I like to talk pretty fast. So that being said, I decided it was probably best for the show to not go on this past weekend. Lots of things happening, though, in the Iowa sports world with the men's basketball team, the women's basketball team, wrestling at the NCAA tournament. And then lots of things happening with the show in general. If you did not hear, we have a new intro song, courtesy of Andy Rayfeld. He is a fantastic guy, uh, did a really good job with you know, with kind of the, the the intro song today, if you couldn't tell, it was a kind of a mix of the Iowa fight song plus a little bit of ACDC in there. So try to do some of the, the two things I feel like relate the most to um, you, you Iowa fans out there. Something I find very interesting and, and I love very much. Obviously, when you hear ACDC, I automatically think of Iowa football. You hear that fight song, you obviously think about the Iowa Hawkeyes. I thought it was a really great combo to intro the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. So big shout out to Andy Rayfelt over at Endless Noise in Los Angeles, California. Make sure to check out his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash user slash Andy Rayfelt. That's A-N-D-Y. R-E-H-F-E-L-D-T. The guy has 200,000 subscribers. He does a ton of metal remixes of a lot of really cool and popular songs. So if you like what you heard on the intro song, make sure to check out his YouTube channel and his Twitter account, which is also at A-N-D-Y-R-E-H-F-E-L-D-T. And a big shout out to Grant Cornish, formerly of Endless Noise. Uh, I think he's now just an independent contractor, but did a fantastic job with mixing the song and, and getting it ready for me. So big shout out to him as well. Um, former Drake buddy who is also from the state of Iowa and likes Iowa sports. So getting some of that Iowa vibe on your early morning commute with the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. There's a lot of other things that are going to be happening on this show. There are lots of exciting stuff coming up. As I said, lots of sports news that we need to cover and it's not going to be all covered today so i apologize that we're not going to get into every single thing today i'd like to cover all the sports but not going to happen on today's show we're going to be talking mostly about the men's and the women's basketball team and iowa pro day that just happened yesterday so we're going to be talking about those three things today but coming up on the show for tomorrow's episode we're going to be having big iowa fan a very vocal supporter very smart guy a guy I went to school with, Ryan Niedert. He's going to be joining us to talk about the Iowa basketball team, the state of the Iowa basketball team, and what to expect from this team next year. On the following show, on Thursday morning's episode, we're looking to have a pretty special guest on as well, Bryce Skaggs. He is a state of Iowa three-time medal winner in high school wrestling in Class 3A. He was runner-up at 160 in 2008, so very knowledgeable guy. His brother also placed at the state wrestling tournament, and I believe Bryce actually wrestled at Grandview University and NAIA school in Iowa. So um, we have a fantastic guest coming up in him. He's going to be talking to us about Iowa wrestling. The NCAA championships were this past weekend. Spencer Lee took home the first-place prize, two-time you know winner of the NCAA championships for Iowa. Can he go for three? Can he go for four? Something we're going to be talking about on the show. We're also going to be talking about what this team can do next year. I think there's a lot of hope in this season for the Iowa wrestling team. And with a few injuries, some things kind of fell by the wayside, but the team still did a pretty darn good job. And they're not losing a ton of people this year. So good opportunity for them to maybe 
take first place in nationals next year or something they haven't done in quite a few years. So fantastic stuff coming. Make sure you tune into all this. And then finally, one of the big things we have coming up, hopefully next week, I believe we're going to be having an Iowa Hawkeye football recruit coming on the show, talking about his recruiting experience and what it means to be an Iowa Hawkeye. You're going to love that episode. We are planning to get recording with him next week and then obviously get that posted as soon as possible. So stay tuned for some of the big stuff coming up on the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. And if you aren't already, if you're just tuning into the show for the very first time, I definitely appreciate it. If you've been tuning into the show for a while, I appreciate that as well. Love the support and the listeners from you all. If you are just tuning in, though, and you do like what you hear so far, if you love that theme song, you love to hear kind of what's coming up over the next few episodes, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast at. And if you have a smart speaker at home, try this out one day. Just say, hey, Google, Siri, Alexa. Play podcast Locked on Hawkeyes. It'll play the most recent episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast right at your you know, listener's pleasure. So fantastic stuff that you can do to listen to the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast at any moment, at any time, anywhere. That being said, let's jump right into our show. Want to get a lot of stuff covered today so we can then focus on some other things over the next couple of days. First, starting with the men's basketball game uh, in the NCAA tournament, obviously, winning that round of 64 game against Cincinnati in impressive fashion as well. You know, they were down pretty quick, pretty early, not playing up to par, just really came out kind of sluggish, picked it up, got back in the game, won that game pretty handily towards the end of it. I was actually in a Las Vegas sports book and everyone there apparently had bet on Cincinnati. So it was kind of awkward for me to be sitting there and cheering every single time someone made a fantastic shot, but it was a great game. Um, I think, I think that was really needed for the Iowa Hawkeye fan base, at least for me personally. It was nice to see them win that game and get out of that round one, especially with the way they've been playing over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, in the Big Ten tournament, they beat Illinois, but Illinois is not a team to write home about. So really, they haven't had a quality win in over a month. Um, so to see that happen was was really awesome to get that, that first one, I think, was kind of getting that monkey off their back. And... You know, it's nice to see them come back. This team has, has persevered throughout the season. Obviously, we'd like to see them start out strong and not have to persevere. And that's exactly what we saw against Tennessee as well. Uh, that was arguably the worst start I've seen to a basketball game for the Iowa Hawkeyes in quite some time, um, possibly dating back to the last season. That was just absolutely atrocious. They, you know, they couldn't do anything. Tennessee was just out-athleticing them. And I know that's not a word, but holy crap, look at the speed of Tennessee's team. Iowa was getting, you know, they were doing a great job of stripping their big men whenever they're trying to, you know, bring the ball down low. Um, Iowa was being careless with the ball. Tennessee was getting out and running with them. Um, and, you know, typically Iowa is the team that kind of sets the pace, but Tennessee was really bringing that pace up and built a 25-point lead. So not something you typically see every single day, but a 25-point lead is not exactly how you want to start out a basketball game. Going into half, Iowa was down 49 to 28. So, again, pretty much an impossible task to try to overcome that. I'll, I'll personally admit that it was a struggle for me to think that Iowa had a chance there. Just seeing the way they're playing, it, it's tough to just turn it off and turn it on. And and although, you know, obviously we saw how the second half went, the Hawks are able to turn it off and turn it on. I would love to see them just have it on the whole time. But big shout out to the Hawks for, for being able to make those adjustments. Big shout out to Fran McCaffrey. I thought he really did a fantastic job coaching that second half of the ball game, um, using his timeouts appropriately, obviously motivating his players. Tyler Cook came out like a new man. I mean, that first half was just 
it was bad for Tyler Cook. Uh, he he did not look good and ultimately didn't finish with the great stat line. But I think overall he did a pretty solid job, especially that second half, um, coming out playing very strong basketball and, and really reinvigorating this team. Some big shots hit by a few guys. Isaiah Moss, I thought, had a fantastic game. Wanted to give him a shout-out. Had the second-most points on the team. Shot 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 5 from three-pointer for 16 points. Also brought in five rebounds. He's the guy who I think is really kind of that underdog, that sleeper guy for the Iowa Hawkeyes basketball team. When he gets going, that's just an extra guy that you can have shooting. And, and when he's hot, he's hot. Uh, Jordan Mohannon turned in a pretty gutsy performance, playing 42 minutes, went 5 of 11 from the field, 3 of 7 from three-point, and made 18 points. One of the things I want to talk about, though, with this game is I thought was really interesting is uh, it felt like the officiating was still not ideal in this matchup. I mean, there was still kind of that questionable call. They had the the foul on Jordan Bohannon that gave him three free throw attempts that ultimately tied the game up. I also thought it was interesting they didn't call that foul on Ryan or call that foul against or on Ryan Craner. Sorry, excuse me. As he was going up for a layup, got completely slapped on the hand and missed the, the layup in Tennessee at the ball. So. Um, not a lot of fouls being called down low, which I think did not play in Iowa's favor. The fact they were able to come back though was pretty impressive. I didn't think I did I did think going into the game though, or going into that end of the second half, that they had to win in that second half. I just felt like there wasn't a much wasn't much gas left for that overtime round, and I felt like Tennessee would come out. It would give them a, a new life basically, and that's exactly what happened. Um, they took quick care of the the game in overtime. Not a lot of good shots coming from Iowa. Some missed free throws down the stretch. Um, not the way they wanted to close that out, but nonetheless, coming back from that amount of points is, I think, inspired the fan base. I, I saw a tweet, though, on, on Twitter from my good friend Jared Starkweather, who's been on the show a few times. I thought it was a, a very, very solid, very well-thought-out tweet. Basically, he said, you know, love the comeback, love the ability for this team to uh, come back from 25 down, but um, getting a little tired of moral victories. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, it, it can be frustrating all these times, great, we almost came back, or we almost did this. It was a moral victory to be this close. Well, let's actually get a real one. Let's get a real victory. Let's move to the Sweet 16. So uh, I, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer here. I'm very excited about how the team did. I'm very happy the team did, uh, you know, came back from such a, you know, far point advantage down against Tennessee. They almost made a chance to come into the Sweet 16 for the first time since 1999. I think they earned a lot of national respect and a lot of respect from Iowa Basel fans, as they should for the record, they definitely deserve that respect from, you know, that comeback performance was absolutely incredible. But I think it'd be nice to see them win that game. You know, let's uh, let's get past that round. So that's something we're going to be talking about with Ryan Nieder on tomorrow morning show, though. What can this team do? Can this team get to the Sweet 16 round? I absolutely think they should. They can. I mean, they played really just eight guys in that comeback. Um, only six, seven, six guys totaled over 18 minutes. Uh, two guys had 13 minutes, and then Mason Daly came in with four minutes of play. So um, pretty impressed from the team. They're going to get a lot deeper next year, so I'm pretty excited to see what they can do um, over the coming seasons. And then finally, just the last thing, I thought it was interesting at the very last, you know, last few seconds of play, Nick Bayer gets that, you know, gets that rebound. I think had Iowa been ready to get that rebound with three seconds left, they possibly could have called timeout, maybe drop a play, maybe get a shot off for Jordan Bohannon. But final result, Tennessee 83, Iowa 77. It's, it sucks. It's kind of a gut-wrenching, but I'd rather Iowa be there than get blown out by 30. I think, like like we talked about, that that's huge for the respect for the Iowa basketball program. And again, a better way to go out than to to get blown out in that round of 32. 
and a fantastic way to at least finish that game, whether or not it was a win or a loss. So that being said, that'll cover it for segment number one today. On segment number two, we're going to be talking about the women's basketball team and then jump into the pro day on segment number three. Just a reminder, some awesome stuff coming up. We have Ryan Dieter joining tomorrow's show. We have a former place winner at the State of Iowa Wrestling Tournament, Bryce Gaggs, joining us to talk about Iowa Wrestling on Thursday morning show. And we have a former, or not a former, a current Hawkeye commit joining the podcast, talk about his experience with the Iowa Hawkeyes football team and the recruiting process that he's gone through and, and what it means to be an Iowa Hawkeye. So make sure to tune into segment two and three and tune into our shows coming up over the future, you know, upcoming weeks. We have lots of great content coming at you, but we're going to pause for a few seconds and let you listen to a few messages from our sponsors. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we are back with segment number two, talking about the women's basketball team. We're going to be covering the women's basketball team a little bit more. I want to just give a brief kind of update on them. Um, we're going to be going into actual some actual you know keys to their upcoming game against North Carolina State. That's going to be a fantastic matchup in the Sweet 16. The women's basketball team is taking on the th- third-seeded NC State Wolfpack on Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. Um, that'll be in Greensboro, you know, North Carolina. So we'll be talking about that game a lot more coming up, but that'll be a fantastic game, arguably a very tough game for the Hawks, one they're not going to be able to you know, dilly-daddly in. I mean, they didn't play very well against Mercer in that 2-15 seed game, so they cannot really afford to come out slowly in this game before they play the NC State Wolfpack. Getting to that game, though, they obviously had to go through Mercer, which they and they did. Finally, they closed out that game, and then they took on the seven-seeded Missouri Tigers, who beat Drake in a somewhat controversial setting. You know, here nor there, though, Missouri did win that game. They came into Iowa, and Iowa did a fantastic job of closing that out, closing that game out, beating them 68-52. to And really, after that first quarter where Missouri got out to a you know, a strong start winning 20 to 16. Iowa never gave them a chance from there on out. They won the next three quarters, 17 to 9, 14 to 12, and 21 to 11 for that 68 to 52 win, that 16 point victory for the women's team. Obviously, Missouri was distraught for that. I saw some, you know, press conferences post game and not exactly happy campers there. And I totally understand and get it. That can be a tough, tough matchup, but awesome for the women to finish undefeated at home. That was Megan Gustafson's last game at home and a few other, the fantastic senior Tania Davis's, you know, last game at home. Um, fantastic support from you all, you fans. You did a fantastic job of going to Carver and, and building up that arena. I heard, you know, from multiple sources that that was the most packed arena of the first weekend of the women's basketball tournament. So awesome job to all of you Iowa Hawkeye fans. Love the support for the women's basketball team. Way to get out there and, and kill it for the women. In that game, obviously, Megan Gustafson did a fantastic job. She went 10 of 15 from the field for 24 points. She brought in 19 rebounds, which is just absurd. Only had two personal fouls, two turnovers. Did a great job from the line, hitting four for four free throws. 
other other fantastic performances. You know, we had Kathleen Doyle hitting six of 13 shots for 15 points. And then we also had Mackenzie Meyer hitting four, six of nine field goals and four or seven three-pointers for 18 points. Also dissed out four assists. Tonight Davis also dissed out six assists. So just a great performance from the women. They shot 38% from three on 13 attempts and shot 52% from the field. So great job, women. They are taking on NC State on Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. And NC State's going to be a very formidable formidable opponent. Um, we have some common opponents that we can also relate to. This, this women's team has lost just five games on their schedule, right? So, in fact, actually just it looks like four games. Am I counting that up right? It looks like, oh, no, sorry, five games. So they've lost the... Number three, Louisville, twice, 92 to 62, 78 to 68 in their second game. They also lost to number 24, Florida State, 75 to 70. They lost to Notre Dame, 95 to 72, and they lost to North Carolina, 64 to 51. So, you know, they went on a 21-game winning streak to begin the season. They lost five of their last 11 games, but very strong opponents. Obviously, uh, three games against number or top five ranked opponents, and then two other games against, or two other games, one against a ranked opponent and one against North Carolina. So this NC State team is a very strong team. This will be a very good matchup for the women. Um, you know, we'll be talking again more about kind of what their roster entails, what to expect from this team, and how Iowa can beat them. Obviously, having Megan Gustafson on the on the squad is always a very, very good start um, to any sort of to matchup analysis that Iowa will always win that matchup. But we want to talk more in depth and give you some previews of that game. But that'll be huge for the women. The opportunity to advance to Elite Eight. You know, this is really Iowa's best chance of potentially winning a national title in a very long time. So make sure to be tuning into that game and checking that out as well. Hopefully ESPN doesn't do a crappy job of scheduling this game in the past week. Obviously, if you didn't notice, if you are not in the state of Iowa, you likely didn't get a chance to watch the women's basketball team on TV, which is pretty much garbage in my opinion. The you know great minds at ESPN decided to schedule four games on the same channel, kind of doing regional preferences, which I think is crap. Uh, for me, I wasn't able to watch the game in Las Vegas, so I had to watch some of the highlights later on, but we'll be able to watch this game this Saturday morning. So we'll be giving you some updates on that as well going into Saturday's matchup. But that'll do it for segment number two. On segment number three, we're going to be giving you a quick rundown of Iowa's Pro Day. We're not going to be touching on everything because we still haven't seen all the times yet, but wanted to at least give some of the quick highlights from that performance and kind of what that means. So stay tuned after a few messages from our sponsors for segment number three, Iowa's Pro Day. All right, we are back with segment number three. Talking to you about Iowa's Pro Day kind of came up quickly. Wanted to get out a piece on DearOldGold.com talking about what to expect for Iowa's Pro Day, but with all the, the lack of a better term, madness of March Madness, both men's and women's basketball teams being in it, the NCAA wrestling tournament, it was a little bit difficult to get out some content of Iowa's Pro Day. But there's going to be a lot more football stuff coming up with spring practice beginning. We also have, like I said, the Pro Day was yesterday. We have the NFL Draft coming up in less than a month. So lots of awesome stuff that we're going to be covering on the Iowa Hawkeyes football team coming up over the next couple weeks and as we get ready for fall football. And, man, I cannot wait for that. Very, very excited for that. But at the Pro Day, as we can expect, Iowa did a fantastic job 
Four guys did not actually participate in some of the, you know, athletic and agility drills. They just stood by their combine numbers, and those were obviously the guys who went to the combine. So that was T.J. Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Anthony Nelson, and Amani Hooker. All turned in fantastic performances at the NFL Combine. They decided to stand by their 40 times, their three-cone drills, that kind of stuff, and just did some of the position drills. Interestingly enough, they had Tyler Weigers throwing the ball to them. And I thought that was really interesting. You know, he was a former Iowa quarterback, uh, spent the past year playing, you know, mid-major football and did a pretty good job. Obviously, he's going to be a he's a senior this year and uh, sorry, he was a senior last year and is eligible for the NFL draft. So I thought that was really cool of of the Iowa coaching staff to allow him back throwing some of those footballs and maybe have an opportunity to impress scouts during that you know time. Um, he threw the balls to those guys and some of the other, you know, you know, skill, skill guys out there. Some other interesting stuff, Kyle Grunewig ran the fastest 40-yard dash time at 4-4-3. Uh, makes sense now why he was the punt returner for the Hawks. Um, he was a sprinter in high school, so uh, nice to see that. Hopefully that time will turn some heads. Obviously at 4-3-6 that, you know, Ryan McCarron ran a few years ago, that was even a bigger head turner. 4-4-3 is, is really fast, but is it enough to separate him and get him a chance in camp? Hopefully he doesn't have a lot of tape, unfortunately, so... I think he only had four catches this past season. So hopefully that 4-4-3 that will get him at least a camp spot, maybe a special teams position um, in camp. So he's, you know, he's definitely not going to get drafted, but hopefully that 40-yard dash time will be turning some heads for him. Another wide receiver who had a fantastic performance, um, maybe not straight line speed, but his agilities were off the freaking charts. That was Nick Easley. He had ran a uh, reportedly a 6.5 three-cone drill, which would have been second best at the combine all positions. He also ran a 3.8 20-yard shuttle time, which would have been the best among all participants at the Combine. His 40-yard dash time was a little bit slower at 4.58, but he did kill it in the, the broad jump, did a 10-foot broad jump and a 36-inch vertical, so nothing to you know be worried about. Really just a fantastic job. And as a slot receiver, he doesn't he doesn't need that straight line speed as much as he needs that, that quickness and agility. Sounds like he also has a workout with the Buffalo Bills, a meeting with the Buffalo Bills, so that... That's awesome. He's starting to generate some NFL interest. Also, a big shout out to John Ledyard of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. You know, he's been really hyping up, you know, Nick Easley as a potential sleeper wide receiver for quite some time. And not to not to hit on, you know, John Ledger too much here. You know, at times he doesn't always watch the Big Ten as much or doesn't pay as much attention to, to some of the Iowa guys. But I love that he's really big on Nick Easley as a possible guy who could be, you know, a sleeper in the NFL. Um, love to see him, you know, rec- you know, talking about him and, and showing him on his Twitter account and maybe getting some generating some more interest among fans, at least about what Nick Easley could do for their football team. I think he could be a fantastic addition to any football program. Just his work ethic and and all that would be incredible. And you saw his quickness. I mean, that is perfect slot receiver material. Um, very Wes Welker, Julian Edelman esque. Not exactly that straight line speed, but very um, quick and agile and, and small spaces, able to get open and and do what's needed to get done to get that catch. So fantastic stuff there. Austin Kelly, 5'11", 245-pound fullback, jumped 39.5 inches in the vertical, which is absolutely insane. Very Iowa type of numbers. We also saw Ross Reynolds knock out 27 bench press attempts at 225 pounds, so that was freaking incredible as well. Um, That'll hopefully get him a a shot as a late-round draft pick. I think just being an Iowa Hawkeye lineman if you show some potential, some strength, you're likely going to get drafted anyways just to get you in camp, see what you can do. I mean, there's been so many success stories about Iowa Hawkeye linemen who were drafted late doing fantastic. Austin Blythe is a great example with the Los Angeles Rams doing some great stuff right now. So lots of opportunity there 
for, you know, the men's football team. Also, one thing to note, every single team was in attendance. Well, 31 teams out of 32, but one, the other team showed up on Friday. So, um, obviously, lots of interest being garnered by the Iowa Hawkeyes football team. Um, obviously, a lot of that has to do with the tight ends and Amani Hooker and Anthony Nelson. But um, still, a lot of those other guys are having an opportunity to shine and show what they can do at the next level. And then also kind of cool to see Matt Vandenberg was back as well, showing what he can do, maybe getting a second opportunity to get into a camp show what he can do at the next level. I thought it was interesting that he wasn't actually invited to be a part of the AAF. I think he'd be a good addition to that. If Iowa sometime, somehow gets a AAF team, though, I think he'd be a fantastic addition to that team. Like I said, though, that's kind of our quick and dirty of the pro day. We're going to be giving more information once we get the full numbers from those teams and kind of giving you some projections as to where we think they could go, what would be best fits for them. You know, Some of them I already kind of have some good ideas on. But others, I think, is going to kind of depend on how well they measured and, and whatnot, especially like a Jake Gervas saying what he did in terms of his measurables. I mean, he's kind of a guy who might get a camp invite, but where would he fit in the best at? So we'll be talking about that on a future episode. But that'll do it for our Tuesday morning episode. Again, apologies for not getting you episodes this past weekend. Uh, you were not wanting to hear my voice. I could barely speak. Sounded like crap. Felt like felt even worse, to be honest. So not exactly ideal opportunity to be doing podcasting so my apologies for that but happy to be back this week happy to give you some new episodes and really excited we're bringing you some awesome content again big fan ryan eater coming on tomorrow morning to talk about the men's basketball team and what to expect from them going forward we got a place winner at the iowa state wrestling tournament bryce skaggs gonna be joining us to talk about all about iowa wrestling we have that awesome awesome intro song courtesy of andy rayfelt and grant cornish over uh, endless noise for Andy and, and Grant's doing independent contractor work now. So shout out to them as well. And then we have a big time commit coming on the show in the next couple of weeks to talk about his recruiting experience with the Iowa Hawkeyes football team. So if you're just tuning in for the very first time, I appreciate it. I appreciate you jumping on the show and, and listening to us and, and listening through this entire thing. Hopefully you continue to support us. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook at Locked on Hawkeyes, and you can find us on Twitter at Locked on Iowa. And you can find me on Twitter at Wade underscore Andrew. Following us will give you kind of the ends of what to expect for this team, or sorry, the show going forward. You can know when our new and latest shows are coming out, when we're having delays, and you just get some, I think, some pretty solid uh, tweets coming out from me at Locked on Iowa. So if you have Twitter or Facebook, feel free to follow us there as well. Show your support, show us the love. Love to hear from y'all, the fans, on what you like to see with the show. And occasionally we'll put out a poll there on Twitter, so feel free to respond to that poll. Maybe we'll be discussing that on future shows as well. We always like to pull from the fans and see kind of who wants to jump on the show as well and talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes. I know you all have some great opinions that we would love to hear, and I think other fans would love to hear as well. So that being said, that'll conclude our Tuesday morning episode. Have a fantastic day, Hawkeye Nation, and we'll be back tomorrow.